and Insecure podcast on post-show recaps? No worries, we got y'all. Insecure Season 5, Episode 6, Tired, Okay? is over, but we are just getting started. It's me, Chappelle. I'm back to guide us through our journey through the mind of Issa Rae and this amazing show, Insecure. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mari Ford. Mari, how are you? I'm doing good. I am finally back engaged with the season. I'm back in this episode, just hook, line, and sinker. So good. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, this felt like a classic episode of Insecure. You know, it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. all tied about one person. You got to see a bunch of the supporting characters. So yeah, yep. this is a good time, and I'm ready to explore that with you. And mm-hmm. we have a special treat. Back with us again. Like a classic episode of this podcast. We have <laughs> <laughs> We have Asia. Well for Asia, welcome back. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming. I, uh, yeah, no, no problem. I'm glad to be here. I uh I agree with you, Mari. I this episode well, I've been engaged because I, mm-hmm. I love I've loved every episode of the season. With <laughs> 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 this one specifically, I love that we touched so many storylines and mm-hmm. then it just felt like when the episode ended, I was like, dang. Like I you know, we yep. all we all know the length of the episodes, but it felt like it ended so quick. It felt like it ended quickly, but we covered a lot of ground. So yeah. I like I like when that happens. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. A lot of uh, yeah. ebbing, ebbing and flowing. Like I was so mm-hmm. engaged. Like my emotions were just so like fraught and then laughing and then like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, what's going to happen? Like it was very good. Hmm. That's a, like the feel that I used to get from Insecure, though. Like you're in the mm-hmm. moment, everything's happening kind of around you. You're watching certain things happen, and you're laughing at certain things, and other things happen and catch you off guard. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the show ends, and you're like, "What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> <laughs> the show is too it's too short. It's not long enough." And so, yeah, this definitely brought me back to that same feeling of, "Man, you know, what if it was just 15 minutes longer?" Um, mm-hmm, so yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm happy that we all felt the same way, but I like Asia. I, I too have been engaged this entire season, but I have mm-hmm. seen online that people, is it been polarizing? Everyone hasn't loved the season. Mari, what would you say is the reason why you haven't been so engaged thus far? So like I said, the season itself, I think is still amazing overall. Um, but I think maybe one of the reasons why we like this episode so much, this episode didn't have that foreboding of doom as in this is the final mm-hmm. season feel to mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, it, it felt very classic and insecure. The The last few episodes have just felt like we're telling this story to tell it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we're kind of rushing towards the end or we're trying to wrap up this bow. Um, and I, I don't know. I just... I think, especially last episode, I, I rewatched it again for like the third time. Um... <laughs> Going into this one again, it was just like too much, too much of we already knew uh, Molly's mom was, you know, probably going to come through. So there there wasn't much drama for that part, especially when they did the pump fake of her, <laughs> you know, kind of almost dying and then not. So we we knew what that outcome was going to be. Again, Nathan and Issa's relationship has never carried anything for me. So when it's uh, <laughs> when it was Molly, is Molly's mom going to die? We know that's a no. And interspersed with Issa and Nathan, I'm just kind of like, 
Uh, so, <laughs> so this was good. I mean, this was a great episode. Um, right off the bat, we got some comedy. Then we got into like the weeds, and um, I know we'll talk about it later. But later, but Natasha Rothwell did the damn thing directing this, yes. so it was just a great mix of comedy and drama, and just like it forced you to engage and it, it forced you to feel feelings because there was a lot of situations. I felt like a lot, they hit on a lot of situations that you, you could be like, yo, that I've been there or, Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. That's so sure. Hey, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Asian, did you feel the same way? <laughs> you know? So, okay. So even though I have been thoroughly enjoying the season, Mari, you do have a point that this episode really did not spark that last season feel, which yeah, it truly has felt like this is the last season. And, you know, you do need for, for because I know we've all experienced a last season of a show and you want to tie up those storylines. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that you have to kind of go on a journey to get there, because ultimately you don't want to leave it on a cliff, cliffhanger, especially when you know it's the last season. Like if I right. think of like how to get away with murder, scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was this episode really was a classic feel of like past insecure uh, episodes and so i didn't even think about that but that that's very true yeah i I appreciate that too um just feeling like yeah this is the last season but it's still the show that we liked right you don't want to get too Mm -hmm. far away from the reason why we all came here in the first place so yeah it was very refreshing uh we also got some feedback from our fearless leader miss latonya starks she could not be with us today but she did send her in our own notes because um she's eager to get back on the microphone as soon as she can uh so she says who has two thumbs and called molly and torian this gal i love seeing (laughs) these two characters talk about things other than work now i want to put a pin in that because i definitely want to come back to this uh this bullet point from latanya because i have questions about the molly and torian thing or at least some very strong opinions um mm. she also said let's give a round of applause for Nat- natasha rothwell's directorial debut we love when kelly has the wheel she's doing such a great job with the writing and now directing this was great um mm-hmm. yeah her choices of the shots had latanya glued to the episode and she also says this is why Nathan is a no from her. Uh, she hates the way he speaks to Issa when they have arguments. He's very disrespectful. She has some strong opinions about the Issa dream and the Condola dream, depending on which one you want to talk about first. And overall, she thought this was a really fantastic episode of television. Uh, and she misses us dearly. And she can't wait to hear what we have to say. So... Shout out to LaTanya. Thank you so much for the feedback. Again, we're talking, yes. but you're here with us in spirit. And exactly. before, right. And before we get into the ins and outs of what actually happened in the episode, we can touch on some of LaTanya's bullet parts, but after the break. So we're just going to take a brief moment, hear from our sponsors, get a couple ad reads in, and then we'll come back to talk about this episode. All right. So we're back. This episode opens with Issa. Basically, we left her off, you know, in the hallway, struggling. She was standing there. She saw, I mean, she saw Condola. She saw Lawrence. She saw the baby. And like the flood of emotions. Lawrence looks at her. She looks at Lawrence. It's just kind of like, oh my gosh, is she going to say something? But at the end of last episode, we saw her walk away. But this episode starts with her going back. She actually approaches them. And like an adult, she says, you know, can we just pretend this isn't weird? Um, look. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Honestly, can that be the norm? Like, I, I hate awkward situations. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, I would just love if everybody was in a great mood 
and we can just get along. Something may have happened, but let's just hang out. Let's have a good time. Why why do you have to have that cloud of <laughs> of conflict <laughs> present? You know, like I love to just speak to people when I see them. Everything's good. Um, so I was like, I I wish this was the norm. This was before I knew it was a dream. Uh, <laughs> I, yes. I, I wish this was a norm. Obviously, this would not be something that Issa would actually say. I mean, if she did, I'd be like, okay, growth. But I honestly don't think she would. Uh, so I just, uh, moving forward, everybody, just just do that. If things are awkward, it's a good out. It breaks the ice. Yeah, let's just pretend yeah. it's not weird, you know? And um, Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, keep going, Chappelle. No, 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 it's fine. So basically, she says this, and little Ja, precious little Ja, looks up at her with those big Eli. brown eyes. Ja. And uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, Condola's like, hey, do you want to hold the baby? And the music's playing. And I'm like, oh, my God, they finally got it together. But a part of me kind of knew that this wasn't going to work out. And when I tell you, I was shocked. Mari, what did <laughs> yeah. you think about Issa? Like, basically hitting the Kobe fadeaway jumper with the yeah. fuck them kids and then hitting yeah. Condola with the big boot to the chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yetus the fetus, I think, is the uh, meme, the name of the, the meme there. I, pow, pow, pow. I, Kill that fetus. <laughs> I thought this was brilliant because, like, I think we said at the end of last season that, I mean, last episode, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a dream sequence. Like, um, you did. You yeah. did say that. And then, so when it started, I was like, okay. And then, I was like, oh, it's like extended. I was like, oh, okay. So like they really kind of got me there. Like they really did. Which is, oh, let's not make it awkward. And oh, like, and then like the candy hold him. I was like, mm, I don't know about all that. But and then, <laughs> and then they they finally did the jump shot. I was like, oh, that was great. Like that was so great. And I really, again, yeah. I wish that they hadn't previewed it for the previous week because it would have been, it would have hit even harder, but it still yeah. was effective because Natasha Rothwell did a great job or the writers too did a great job of just extending that scene out just enough for you to be like, Oh, wait, maybe this is not a dream sequence. <laughs> and then go, and then just going so over the top. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and insecure does that. You know, every season they have like a moment where that happens. I think back to the moment where Issa first tells Lawrence, I think back in season one, where she tells Lawrence, hey, like, I cheated on you. And he just slaps the crap out of her. And I'm like, oh, my God, Lawrence. Oh, yeah. And then she wakes up from her dream. I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh. You know, like, thought I was going to have to cancel my boy for a second. So, you know, when Issa Kobe's the baby, did you <laughs> at any point, did you think this was really happening or did you know that, OK, this is a dream? I honestly did not know it was a dream <laughs> until she kicked Condola. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the baby, the jump shot was fine. But yeah, it was kick. the Sparta kick that got you. Like, <laughs> I was so upset with myself. I was like, how did I not know? Like, literally, the jumper with, like, the hop. Yeah, <laughs> loved that. She and the I, was, I was just like, "Oh my God, Lisa, no!" And then I'm—I guess I just thought she just lost it for a minute, and yeah. then she kicks Condola. I was like, 
Oh, it's a dream. I don't know why it <laughs> took like two more seconds to set in. Yeah. I'm so mad. And maybe you're shocked. You're just shocked. You're just yeah. Shocked. And you're like, oh God, someone called the police. Oh, never mind. She's good. <laughs> I would like if, uh, if Issa had just stood there with her hand up in the Fucking air, like with kids. the follow like, um, yeah. like from Love and Basketball. You keep your yeah. hand up there and tell me how it feels. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you can hold that pose until you don't want to hold it ever again. That's what I wanted right. to see. But instead, we get Issa walking off to the sounds of Float Millie, the goat. Yes. yes. I, I was like, she walked around like that bitch. I said, they playing Float Millie on Insecure? Oh, this is why we came here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I uh, wish they played she, a little longer. That's how yes. good that song was. Yeah. She bugged at Lawrence, asked him if he wants some, bugged at the hospital worker. And then the the belly laugh she did. <laughs> Evil laugh. Uh, That's the best laugh. Like that's coming from the depths within. From solely a feat, you know. She she had a good evil laugh after you know murdering someone's child potentially and then kicking kicking the baby mama in the chest. Um, but yeah. So this is how we open the episode. So I already know we're in for a good time here. Yeah. But when when Issa awakens from her fantasy, she realizes that you know she's checking the Instagram because now Mm -hmm. Lawrence and Condola are on her mind. And she sees that Lawrence has moved back to town. He is back. The co-parenting thing across, uh, you know, the city city limits did not work out. So now Lawrence is back Clearly. to be in, in the life of his baby mother um, mm-hmm. and his child. Mari, did you have any strong opinions about finding out Lawrence was back? No, we saw it in the season. I like when I tell you I watched that season trailer so many times. I was like <laughs> that was in it. I knew it. I was I was like, okay, so she found out. I thought this was a great segue for the rest of the episode because mm-hmm. clearly as she's going through this so many different things in her life, Lawrence and Condola still keep managing to pop up and occupy space in her her mind. So um I thought this was a great setup for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it was one of those things that I didn't notice the first time until I watched it back. I said, oh, oh, he's back. And it made me Mm -hmm. kind of look at the episode through a different lens because Mm -hmm. once you see all the stuff that's going on, knowing that Lawrence is back in town and that moment, that reconnection is looming over her head, that kind of paints the episode in a different light to where I'm like, oh, you know, now Mm -hmm. it's it's starting to look at like maybe Issa's exploring greener pastures elsewhere. Uh, Asia, how did you feel? Did y'all catch any of the captions i tried to pause but they were they were blurry for uh, which no, for this oh, for the instagram his, page yeah oh, Asia, oh, no, girl, i can't like i wear glasses i was trying to see because i was like okay i guess that was them telling us he moved back but i was like is this Issa just assuming he moved back because mm. he has a picture there or did he truly move back? So I was trying to confirm through the captions, yeah. mm. but they made it so you couldn't really see it. So I was like, okay, I'll just take yeah. their word. That's yeah. why I, I didn't even think to like verify. Like, let me go, let me zoom in and just see. <laughs> you know, Issa, <laughs> yeah. Issa will assume anything and come to her own conclusion. So I was That's like, true. I don't know. But yeah, like I mean, I love I love this Instagram search because it's so relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's the you see somebody. Or you hear something, that's the first thing you let me do some research, right? Yep. So, yeah. Let me read the highlights. Yeah, you ain't never think about in years. And right. somebody bring them up or something, or you see them at the mm-hmm. grocery store, and then you're like, well, let me go. Let me look what this, right. what this person been up to. 
Yeah, you literally look at the post. They haven't posted in a while. Let me look at their tag post. (laughs) They posted a story. Okay, how many followers do they have? Can I get away with looking at their story? They have like, you know. If if they're on Facebook, I'd be like, okay, they haven't posted on Facebook in a while. Let me go to their mama or their dad because it'd be the parents (laughs) that be posting all the stuff. I know this because my mom does it to me. She be posting all my business on Facebook. I don't post nothing. She posts yes. all the business. So I was like, well, let me just check what they mama said. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, I, that happened on Thanksgiving. I'm literally trying to enjoy myself, do me, not be presentable, right? My mom pulls out her camera to take a picture for the family group text. I said, uh-uh. I'm telling you. Because what you're going to do in a few years, mm-hmm. you're going to post that on my birthday and be like, happy birthday, love my daughter. And it's me on Thanksgiving looking busted. I tell my mom, all photos have to be reviewed before you post them. Yes. Cause she, yes. she will post a picture in a second. Like, yes. I'm like, put the camera down so we can enjoy this moment. She's like, I have to capture the moment. I'm like, okay. It's a running oh, joke. I- I love this conversation. Y'all have to know I'm I'm currently looking at y'all's Facebook pages as we speak. And now I'm going to y'all's mama's pages too. Um, Go to my mama's page. It's I, trust all me, on we, we have deployed the friend request. Make no mistake. Um, but yeah, it, after this moment, you see Issa's wheels start turning in her head. You can tell she's thinking about, you know, what this could mean for her in the future. Um, but we cut away from that. And I know we talked about, you know, the spelling bee last time with Molly and Cliff. And he was trying to spell his name. Um, and this time we have Issa uh, like spelling oh as well, God. Megan the Stallion style. Ah, you know, like, um, and oh. she's trying to get uh, Nathan to open up about um, the things he loves about her, right? And so mm-hmm. last time we saw that Issa said, I love you to Nathan. And we said, She's a sucker because you don't say it first, especially because somebody like Nathan might not say it back and then you'll feel kind of foolish. Well, here she has him in a compromising position um, mm-hmm. and she's asking him, like, what else do you love? And he, apparently he loves the position. He would love <laughs> trying other positions. But <laughs> this does kill the move for Issa because he does not say it back that he loves her. And, you know, Asia, I think you were on our first Nathan centric episode of the season. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about Nathan and Issa now that you know that, like, even though she's very clearly trying to get him to say, I love you back, it might not be reciprocated. I think anytime you're trying to get someone to say they love you, you're already walking down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Like it should never like it should never be on the table to try to get <laughs> someone to say <laughs> they love you. Like it shouldn't be prompted. You shouldn't say something to get them to say it. Even asking is d- dangerous waters. Like mm-hmm. I just think she's setting herself up for failure cuz look, it did nothing but make her mad. Like he did nothing but annoy her that he didn't give her the answer she wanted. Uh And I'm like, Issa, if he did, he would have said it when you said it in the first place. So because Uh he didn't give it some time, I'm sure it's been like, I mean, her uh, Molly's mom's still in the hospital. So it's been what, a couple days? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Has anything transpired? You feel any? I was like, and then she tried to get him in this compromising position (laughs) where it's like, he might as well been like, drunk like people say things i don't know i mean i guess yeah. people say like sober thought whatever but yeah i was like isa what whatever he says right now may not be the truth <laughs> so, do, do not. exactly that part <laughs> 
Woo! And then she couldn't oh. even get him to say it then. <laughs> right. Now, exactly. if you can't get me to say it That's then, <laughs> I, you have, you are SOL, ma'am. You might as well just pack your stuff and got up out of there. Um, wow. Yeah. That's a, um, a ride gone bad. I was, yeah. she was turn, turn the car around, Isa, uh, and get up and walk away. Um, yeah, yeah. This was hard to watch because you could tell Isa Ooh, was fishing so for her something, but she didn't get it. And then the look on her face as she was getting it. Um, yeah. Wasn't great. <laughs> Uh, Mari, what did you think? Yeah, this is like the first of many L's, uh, subsequent L's, a lot of L's that Issa will take this um, episode. Yes. I, I have this awkward probably is not the correct word for this scene. I was dying inside. I was just like, <laughs> Issa, stop, please. <laughs> just stop. It's like she tried to make him say it three times during the act, and then yes. even after they were cuddling too, and it was just so bad. I, I wanted her to stop mostly because I wanted to stop hearing Nathan's like squirming like, non-answers. Yes, <laughs> I think like, that was uh, the worst part. So I, it was just so bad. It's like, girl, please, like, don't, don't do this. Just let it. Let like Asia said, let it ride. Let it ride. Figure Did out. Oh, that? Wait, wait, that's not the right. <laughs> Sounds like a Mari slip right there. My bad. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But that's yeah, okay. she should have just waited it out to see if uh, he was going to say it later or if something right. else was going to come come about it. Because when they're cuddling and she asks again, he's like, "She's like, do you have anything else to say?" He's like, "Nah, I was just checking in." Yep. <laughs> it's like, are y'all on the phone? Like. <laughs> He's That's calling so you. Like, this is just an awkward type of conversation. Yeah. Cuddling. <laughs> just in general. Uh, this is a yeah. tough one. Uh, but it, it is funny to me, though, that last week when we had Sasha on, we pretty much called all of this. Like, we said, mm-hmm. hey, this, this, I love you and not hearing it back is not a good sign. And there are other things throughout the episode that we also called to. So that was fun to watch because I knew this moment was going to go badly. Like, I just mm. didn't think she would try to pull it in that <laughs> moment like what are you doing he yeah. said, and also she was unsuccessful ma'am if you're gonna do that you gotta do the lens spin or something you gotta go the extra mile <laughs> yeah you gotta go the extra mile pull out pull out the bag of tricks you can't just uh, oh, no. i love you oh, oh. willy-nilly yeah but moving on uh we see nathan oh. at work you know and not the same kind of work but at his job of employment and he's a barber so he's at the barbershop working his magic and the conversation starts around uh, the co-worker named Suge. Suge was supposed to be there. He's got a couple mm-hmm. of unruly clients who were saying like, look, I've been waiting for 45 minutes. It's my turn. Then the whole barbershop starts to kind of chime in on how much Suge sucks as in a, a co-worker <laughs> and as a barber. Like, yeah, he eats their food in front of them. He's always late. He has strong mm-hmm. opinions about women wearing weave. Just overall, yeah. the people <laughs> aren't loving Suge. But apparently... Uh, he bring he's good for business because he brings in like high level uh, clientele. He, he even brought in James Harden, and now they get a ton of beard clients. So um, mm-hmm. for me, this was triggering because okay. I sleep with the barbershop. Okay, and All right. trust me on this one. If you leave me hanging one time, I am already on Instagram <laughs> looking for your competition. Competition, like I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out who can make move. Now I'm not gonna go nowhere because you got to be loyal to your barber <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> it's like God, the barber, and then your mom and them. You know, like no. so you really, you really can't go at the first sign of in like indiscretion. You gotta like 
weigh your options and really sit there. Give them some leeway. Give them second chances. So I have, I'm the guy who will be on Instagram like, who, what is Rocco the barber doing this week? Like, what is he, what? And he got clients. Does he do appointments? Do you have to like, you have to set up a time ahead? Can I just do a walk in? Um, so mm. this hurt. Because I know how it feels to be at a barbershop where they are not paying any attention to you and you basically got to uh, like fight for your life in there. Because haircuts is hard to come by and people be jacking up their prices post-pandemic. Look, I'm ranting. Um, but did y'all have any opinions about this particular scene? Asia, you go first. Well, Suge was the one who was late to the beach party and brought the pizza oh, when he was supposed yeah. to bring the meats. I yes, forgot so I was about like, that. He, he's been nice, like this. Paul. Classic yes. Suge. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I had to check because I was like, was that Suge? Because I know they were all at the beach party, obviously, because it was yeah. for the barbershop. And so then I went back. There. I was like, yep, that mm-hmm. was him showing up late. Um, and so I was like, you know, it. yes, this was triggering because, you know, it's been a popular thing um, lately about hairstylists mm-hmm. um, with these rules and stuff. And I've been loving seeing TikToks <laughs> about yeah. like they got rules for like you five minutes late. Then, you know, we're going to start. I'm at, it's a dollar for every minute after that. Jeez. And, uh, but then they'll be late. <laughs> so then it's like, what, what, what rules are we going by here? Um, but yeah, I, I've seen bar- my brother. I used to have to take him to many, uh, barbershop trips, but yeah. And he had one guy mm-hmm. and one day he had to switch over to the lady because the guy was busy and the lady did not, her cut did not look like the guys. So it, it don't get uh-huh. the same. You, you cheat right. on your barber. When you change you, barbers. Yeah. You got, you playing with fire. You start cheating on your barber. Um, Mara, you have a, a, a little one. One day, this is going to be you yeah. in the barbershop fighting yeah. for JJ's life. You know, I know. what you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm already, I'm already putting him off. I had to give him like a small haircut over Thanksgiving because I'm like, this is getting too much. This is getting too much. But yeah, like th- that's what I was kind of thinking. That's what I was mainly going to come in here and ask you. Is it life or death if you change your barber like that? I kind of wish we... I kind of wish we got the client's input. Like, I really wanted to know what the client thought after Nathan did his head. But um, all of those points are very accurate, what Asia said, because I could only think about, you know, Instagram stylists or or how Mm -hmm. styling for our hair is and stuff like that. And it is so... It's so hard to find a good stylist, especially yeah. for what you want without all the rules or, or with rules that you can handle. So, um, I was really, um, I'm like, this, this barbershop culture, I don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not waiting 45 minutes for you to finish doing what you mm-hmm. do. It's, it's right. one of those and- things. It's just one of those things, you know? Go ahead, Asia. Yeah. And when you find a good one, like I can imagine this is like a barber, like they're not going to just have all the availability in the world. Like mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. locked my hair two months ago today, actually. Hey. Um, and uh, <laughs> and my loctician, I literally have to book a month out. Well, that makes and sense. It yeah. Book, yeah, like every 15th of the month, her book's open. You have to if like, let's say for October 15th, her book's open for November. And on October 15th is going to completely sell out or she's going to be completely booked for all of November. So it's like at 12 o'clock, I got my laptop open. I'm ready to book Dang. for my retwist. So okay. I'm like, I can imagine like it's mm-hmm. so it's it, like really good stylist barbers. They're they're not easy to come by, but yeah. you can be late and expect them to stick around. That's true. Right. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. When you put it like that. 
Yeah, I, I moved away from the barber culture um, during the pandemic because I was mm. afraid to go outside. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I got to grow my hair out now <laughs> because before the pandemic, I was a waiver. OK, I was getting a haircut mm-hmm. every every nine days. I was in the barbershop because I, mean. I had to keep the waves fresh. Okay? Oh, wow. And I mean, double every compression on the, on, the, on the wave cap, durag, combo, <laughs> the I, like the wash, the, the condition. I had it all going. I had a, a pattern. It was I was buying the custom brushes, waving <laughs> to the gods. Mm. And then... um. Mm. Yeah, uh, pandemic happened, and I was like, okay, look, I can only get in for edge up sometimes. And so that's how I have the longer curly look that I'm doing now. But <laughs> I also picked up my cousin is my barber now. And the mm. way, what that means is that I will go to your house and knock on your door and wake up your wife if you don't cut my hair. So we're, we are there now. Like, that is the part of life that I'm at to where, like, no, I won't be waiting 45 minutes. I will be driving and knocking knocking on the door, and <laughs> your kids will let me in. Yeah. So, James this- literally stopped going to. He he hasn't been to a barber like since we've been at school, like ten plus years. So he cuts his own hair. He has his own um, clippers and he cuts dream. his own hair. Yeah. And so when the pandemic happened, people were like, Oh my god, I can cut my own hair. He's just like, I've been doing that. Like, <laughs> right. So maybe enough to even attempt. Take care of I was like I was like, No, I, I can't even attempt it, honestly. And so I just started mm-hmm. to grow it out, and now I have this thing on top of my head. But <laughs> but that's a story for another time. We could get yeah. into it. Uh, but I did think about those um, those uh, beauticians on Instagram because those posts are so funny, so so funny. Yes. <laughs> um, but the next scene we get is Issa passing out food to Molly's family. So this is our mm-hmm. catch up with Molly's family since we left uh, lost left them at the hospital last time. Um, yeah. Molly's away at the conference. So Issa is providing food for Molly's siblings. She's got um, food for her brother, uh, for Molly's brother, Jerome, who was against cow cheese because it's toxic, um, according to Dr. Sebi, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. And she brings some food for Curtis, who Issa is trying to feed uh, a dark meat thigh of her own. Uh, <laughs> and I just laugh so hard at this whole moment because... Uh, First of all, Issa has no shame at all, okay? She is trying <laughs> to get with Molly's brother on the low, and it is so Lord. obvious. Um, Molly can't even focus on the retreat because uh, she feels guilty. So she's calling Issa's check, you know, to check in, um, to find out how things are going with her mom. And everybody's just saying the same thing, like, go handle your business. There's nothing you can do currently. But we all know that situations like this happened where you're, you know, T- torn between work and something personal. Mm-hmm. Mari, have you ever experienced something like this where you needed to be there for someone or you couldn't have complete control over your situation because of work? I mean, kind of like for for me, my job before my current job, we time off was like, what? Who? Huh? <laughs> like, it's so hard. It was so hard to get time off for. But if there was ever like an, like an actual emergency, you, they could they could miss me with it. Like I'm not coming in, but you know, Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough that, you know, nothing serious, especially not serious as, you know, Molly's mom being hospitalized has happened to me in order to do that. But I learned a long time ago that, you know, these people do not care about you. Like (laughs) do not, (laughs) you know, we'll talk about it later in the episode, but they will step over your corpse if you die at, on the job and put post mm-hmm. up the the job posting. So if I got to be somewhere, I just got to be somewhere. So I've never had that inner <laughs> conflict. <laughs> same, I, same. I learned early in my career. The company I'm at now, um, it'll it's it's it'll be ten years next year. Oh wow! And I learned like I could like when people go on vacation, 
the the standard that they set for themselves in regards to communication is on them. So like if you're somebody mm. who answers emails on PTO, you're going to be expected to answer emails because it's like, oh, well, you usually answer. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I'm not about to be that person. So when I'm on vacation, <laughs> I'm on vacation. Yeah, I'm not is. reading emails to see what happened so I can be prepared. No, like <laughs> I took off today. I haven't looked at a single piece of email that's going to happen when I log on tomorrow because mm-hmm. I was on vacation today. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it, I, I understand Molly as a lawyer too, because I interned at a law firm before and those partners, like they were at the office at 6 a.m. They'd leave oh. around 10 p.m. Like uh-huh. it was a very, they, they would tell me all the time, like, if you're ever thinking about being a lawyer, don't. <laughs> Okay. He's like, they're like, if you ever want time with your family, don't do this. And so I'm sure there are lawyers out there who have found a balance. But the specific law firm I was at, that was the environment. And that's Mm. kind of the culture they had created. So it's like, I can understand how Molly thinks that because she's looking around her and kind of like adapting. And it seems like, I mean, based on what we see later, you know, she was in a very, in a much more strict in a stricter environment at her previous law firm. And mm-hmm. so she's kind of carried that over to like, okay, this is completely separate or this is it. Yeah. Like it's completely mm-hmm. separate. She's thinking her personal life can affect her work life. And it's like, no, if you need to be there, you can be there. Work will always be there. Somebody can do what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Molly gets caught up in trying to be ambitious a lot of times too. You know, we know that she mm-hmm. really wants to impress and she wants to go toe to toe with Torian and all these other partners, you know, cause she's new. And so, yeah. you know, she, she's under pressure to do that. And okay, pressure she's probably putting on herself. But, you know, I think that you do have to take time for what is important. And, you know, she'll eventually learn that. But yeah, this is something that everybody who is young professionals for sure, but even older professionals, like if your job doesn't value your personal time, then maybe you shouldn't work there because yeah. they will continue. I, I work in education and ain't no school ever closed because somebody died. You know, like mm-hmm. the class don't mm-hmm. go on tomorrow. And so something that I always remember as well, they will step over your corpse, as Mark said. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the the last scene I want to talk about before we go to our first, our next ad break is um, we get the beautiful view of L.A. And I always love when they do this. I think that Natasha Rockwell, if, if this is her doing, then, yeah, completely. I love this scene because you get the, the little uh, sights and different aspects of L.A. from Issa's point of view. Um, but she has her eyes set on black a black art walk. Um, and apparently it's on this big, it's a big deal because it's landed in the calendar of events. So Issa and the block have this art walk that they're planning and they're trying to get another partner in the walk. So they go over to the anthology collective and here she's trying to recruit them for basically a, a black version of the art walk that they already did. And while the coworkers seem like they're excited about working with the block, um, once they realize that she did the event with Crenshaw, everybody is a lot less, uh, you know, uh, optimistic about working with Issa and they kind of mm-hmm. blow her off. So, uh, I like that Issa says, you know, what can I do to turn that not sure into a for sure? I was like, that mm-hmm. was a good line. Yeah. Because if they're not sure we're working with you, Ask them, you know, what would it take? What do I need to do? But at this Mm -hmm. point, it doesn't look like this is going to lead to anything. They just kind of blow her off. Did y'all have any feelings about Crenshaw and his attitude and his Instagram posts and all that mess coming back to bite Issa in this moment? Mari, why don't you go first? Yeah, this was the this was another part of the episode. I was like, ah, dang. Like, I just Mm -hmm. felt for her so bad because 
again, we've seen Issa's struggles in season one, trying to figure out what she wants to do, and then mm-hmm. her stumbling and fi- accidentally finding out what she wants to do, and then seeming to finally get get good at it, and then now it feels like sabotage, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. we see it, we see <laughs> everything from Issa's perspective, especially this scene right here. So from this from this perspective, it's like, damn, like she's really trying to like do this and help her community we know she loves her community we know she loves Mm -hmm. la and because of the bad word of mouth now it's starting to affect um like her business and then affect like who she can work with and it just sucks because also um it was the first the crenshaw thing from what we've been really shown was one of the first major things she did. So it's the first major thing she did. You're finally thinking you're getting off the ground, but then you get so much blowback from it that now Mm -hmm. it's costing you work and jobs because you're not established. It kind of is a callback to the whole situation to begin with, like Crenshaw not being established. So uh, nothing but water didn't want to work with him. Now Issa is trying to find her footing and be established, but it seems like, you know, it's, it's not happening because of the negative press that the black got. So negative attention, should I say? So it's just really frustrating. Uh, you can tell she's frustrated and us as viewers, this is what we are meant to feel. We were supposed to feel frustrated. And I, I felt it. And I, especially since um, Koya and Issa's energy were like, was like on a 10 and, you know, and yes. like, and like you said, the employees <laughs> were on a 10 and then you just see you the guy who did the acting too. You could just solely see the, like the hammer, like he's like, Oh, I now remember where I heard her from, <laughs> yes. you know? So it was, it was so good. And it was just so sad to kind of see like that, that light, you know, go mm-hmm. out of Issa and Koya and <laughs> Koya's like, mm-hmm. they want to make you the face. Not the neck, the face. Right. The face. <laughs> the face. I also love that uh, Issa was like, "Yeah, we got Tony the Screamer, who's actually kind of quiet." Yeah. I was like, Speak <laughs> up. "They had all the big names." Asia, uh, do you have any strong feelings about this? Yeah, it. I mean, Mari, you said it all. Um, it's just like she's really starting to see the, I guess. Maybe, maybe not, not the, what, what word am I looking for? Not the clout, but the influence that Crenshaw has on the community. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, we can't just leave it at this Twitter beef. We actually need to resolve it. So I'm glad that that sparked something in her that like, okay, maybe I have to close the door on this situation rather than uh, just leaving it because now it's actually affecting me being involved with other people in the community. Um, I loved her blazer in this scene. The guy, <laughs> the main guy, Billy, who was just like, okay, we'll think about it. He, so his name is Joaquin Guillory. He is oh. from On My Block. Oh, and okay. I loved him on there. He was like, in, in season one, he was like the one who shot one of the main characters. And then it circles all the way back to him this last season, which is the last, I think it was season four is the last season of On My Block. And um, he's like in prison now, but he's trying to change his life around. Not he had a spoilers. Full- <laughs> for another show yeah, yeah if, if if you plan on watching on my blog you know the kind of show it is so that is not it's not a spoiler <laughs> so much happens on that show but anyway i love him as an actor so i was very excited to see him on um insecure i was like look at you on hbo um, <laughs> the come up um but yeah i was like 
you know, like you said, the excitement was there on Mm -hmm. both sides. They were so amped up. And as soon as they made the connection, they're like, "Mm, we're good. It's like, it's like, as soon as you find out somebody like, you know, it's not about a certain type of life. Mm -hmm. Let's, I won't get into specifics, but let's say (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, Oh, oh. <laughs> you, you, you one of them guys. Right. Yeah, got you. Yeah, good points all around. And we'll get into that a lot later, too, because Crenshaw is back. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll touch on that after we, you know, have a word from our sponsors. So, uh, you know, sit tight and we will be right back. And we're back. Um we start off here going back to Molly again, right? And we see that she still can't quite focus on the retreat. I mean, the retreat because she's locked into her <laughs> phone. She cannot take her eyes off of the phone and trying to figure out what's happening with her mom. Um, mm-hmm. What she's not realizing is that this retreat is fancy as hell. Okay. They are like <laughs> right? shelf, liquor only. They got the good food. Uh, and it seems like this, this is the first time we've ever seen her mingling with her employees or like co-workers, I guess, uh, outside of work hours. So, you know, we like to loosen up, you know? I mean, they're, they're lawyers, but they like to have a good time too. They play uh, First Impressions, which I've never played because that's messy as hell. But they <laughs> yes. do ask, you know, like two of the co-workers, Molly and BJ, like, what were y'all's first impressions there? And then, you know, Molly asked, you know, well... My, you know, <laughs> what was y'all first impression of me? And they didn't love Molly at first. <laughs> and it mm. takes me back to that season where Molly starts working there and she's bringing up, you know, like they don't have DocuSign and I got to use the files in my own office. And mm-hmm. come to find out, they didn't love that either. They could kind of yeah. read uh, that Molly wasn't loving her new job as much as, you know, you one would hope. Asia, as the resident bougie, a.k.a., have you ever been in a situation like molly to where you feel like you might be a little too uh (laughs) a little too pink and green for the situation that you're in um okay it's happened a few times but it's like when you when you get to a certain like when you start liking certain things that's what you're gonna like and then you feel like if you like things that are below that thing then it's like, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. It's like if I like a certain type of wine, then it's like, okay, I'm not going to go drink Stella Rosa. Ooh. Because I like it. Shut up, fire. Bang, bang. I can never do that with you, bro. No, I have a friend who swears by Stella Rosa, and she listens to this, so yes. she knows hey, who girl, she is. Don't come yeah. for and us dessert wine connoisseurs. <laughs> no, if you, if you want That's some wine, wine. get some port clan. wine, <laughs> get some port wine, get some plum wine. You, you got high percentages, and it's it tastes really good. But anyway... <laughs> I did not know. So, Chappelle, as the whiskey connoisseur, did you yes. know what Hibiki is? No, 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 no. This okay. is bo- above my pay grade. I am definitely a Jack and Coke <laughs> slash Crown and Coke uh, <laughs> slash Crown and Ice type of drinker. So, yeah, I was like, oh, they top dollar, top dollar. That's out of my uh, realm. Sometimes I an do average. A- an average mm-hmm. bottle is $94. Yeah, I would oh, never that. know that type of uh, life, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm more like mm-hmm. a... I might drink like a good expensive scotch, maybe, but like just like a Shivers Regal or something. But I ain't doing no 94 bottles or nothing. <laughs> that's um, a lot, yeah. That's something that you get from <laughs> gifts from your oh, your white friends. <laughs> <laughs> that part. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was so funny. And I was like, oh, perfect. We're having Asia on this week with a bougie queen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but they love her now. And yeah. um, I love that their next game is anyone that's a lawyer has to take a shot, um, which is crazy because they work in a law firm. So that means it's mm-hmm. shot o'clock, which is my favorite time of the day, honestly. <laughs> uh, but we see in the next scene that Molly wakes up half dressed with an unknown man's watching her bed. <laughs> and <laughs> now she has to track it down. Mari, what was your first impression of this moment? This was very funny. Um, just Molly. Molly, nobody wants to be at a work retreat and forget time. So I, I'm just glad that she, I was actually just more glad that she didn't wake up with the whole man in her bed. Right. And wholly undressed. So I thought that it was a, a different take on that type of situation when she still was dressed. She, there was no man. There's just lots of snacks around. So I was like, okay, so you, <laughs> so yeah. you drank eight, uh, and yeah. then she goes downstairs to find the the origin of the watch. And I just love where she's like, I found this watch not in my room, like far away from my room, but near the other rooms, <laughs> like yeah. in the general area. Who watches this? <laughs> yeah, I, I am partial to the turn up, and I have been this guy at the function. I, I like a good retreat. I really do. Pay for mm. me to go somewhere, and I'm gonna have a good time co-workers or not and so i've been the person stumbling down to the continental breakfast after it's already done because it's on lunch you know and like or miss the morning hike you know like i have been that person like yeah we did team building wow. exercises y'all knew i was part of the team i don't have to explain why oh uh, you know we don't have to exercise I been, do that i haven't been in corporate america long enough so uh Welcome. hopefully next year we find out here that molly definitely did um the watch mm-hmm. that she found far away from her room very very far away from her room definitely not in her bed belonged to mm-hmm. her good friend torian uh who one would say they're rivals because they're always sniping at each other um yes. so she is mortified when she has to ask like did we do something <laughs> uh, and he's like absolutely not stop it <laughs> um, which is bad because she doesn't remember any of what happened and it comes to find out that it was molly time it was Molly Tom, <laughs> and they have the video. They have the footage of Molly oh, twerking down in front of everybody. I hate when the footage surfaces. It's always a bad look for your boy. <laughs> Asia, have the footage ever surfaced for you? What did you think about Molly? <laughs> no footage <laughs> has surfaced of me that I can remember in the, in the past, like, 10 years. Yeah, it's it's a while. different right. story, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Post college, no. Um, but yeah, I it took me into the second watch of the episode to see that she was holding the watch while she yeah. was working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was Molly she, time. She, <laughs> she needed she needed the accessory, so they knew oh it was Molly God. time. She probably saw, <laughs> right? She probably saw his watch. Said, "I need that right now." Takes it off his wrist and then starts working. So it's just like. That was hilarious to me. But nothing's worse than not remembering because then you have to rely on people's retails. And sometimes people are trying to be nice. Sometimes mm-hmm. they want to not give you the truth. So at least there was video. So I would say <laughs> video actually is better than just hearsay and them telling you what happened. Depends uh, on the situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't want no parts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, dare um. I ask Mari? 
You've been, you, um, you, have, you ever seen the footage of you? <laughs> no, of course not. No, like Aiden said, not, <laughs> not since college. Um, and again, my previous employment, it would not have mattered. I have never gone out with coworkers like that <laughs> um, previously. So I thought this was, I thought this was very interesting uh, because it does open up that whole conversation of how comfortable can you be around your coworkers? And on top of that, I think it adds on another layer of comfortability when your coworkers are black like you or of the same, you know, ethnicity as you are. So yeah. I, I thought that was really good. I think Molly was probably mortified because it's yeah. Molly. And she was probably <laughs> like you like I think Chappelle said she she's used to the separation of of mm-hmm. of you know business and, and fun, which I see exactly why. Um but I thought it was nice <laughs> that she was able to to kind of let loose. And I I don't get the sense that these people would hold it against her at any point. And I think that just comes with the comfortability of being with your own, your own people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a, it's like, that makes all the difference just Mm -hmm. to have someone who looks like you on your team, someone that you work with, like literally at like where I work on my team for the past, what, nine years there at the office, it's been like one or two black people on our team. And mm-hmm. literally the one other girl on the team, I ended up being a bridesmaid in her wedding because we just like, we <laughs> were all to. we got. Yeah. <laughs> right? We were yeah. all we got. Like we literally, we just had to look out for each other, which we became really close friends. And so it's like, it makes all the difference. It makes mm-hmm. you feel like you're not an outsider. You don't have to code switch with this person. So mm-hmm. you get to be yourself. You get to like let loose. And so exactly. I was so glad to see that Molly realized that finally, like I think it wasn't until this retreat that Molly truly realized that these people could be that for her because she's never had that before. Mm-hmm. She's always had to code switch. She's always had to adjust herself and like, okay, there's Mo- Molly at work and there's mm-hmm. Molly outside of work. And then she's thinking people at work cannot see Molly outside of work because that Molly is the real me and that could affect something. That could affect me getting a client. That could affect me working. And it should never be that. You shouldn't never. have to feel like your true self is going to affect how you work because your knowledge is your knowledge, your skills are your skills, right? And that Mm -hmm. just because you like to have fun or you can have a good time or you say y'all or ain't, that's not going to (laughs) stop you from being credible at work. So I was very glad. I feel like Molly needed this. Like this was a win in a big way for her. Yeah, totally agree. And to your point, Asia, the last time we saw her out with coworkers, I believe that was like way back in season one or two where she was at a hockey match, hockey game. Oh, Listen, yeah. I look, I called it a hockey match. As you can see, from my point of view, where I come from, <laughs> black folk don't really watch hockey. So it just shows right. you the level of comfortability <laughs> when you're kind of with your own people in your own mm-hmm. environment. Not to say black people everywhere, everywhere don't watch hockey. I'm just saying, ain't a lot of us <laughs> playing it. So I have to assume a lot of us ain't watching it. That's just, that's just me. Um, yeah. And but, I... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't. I didn't know if you were going to move on, or well, if you before, were still. Com- 
before we moved on, I did want to point out that maybe part of the yeah. reason why she was able to loosen up is because of the stress that was going on in her life. That is a indicator oh. for me, for sure. If I'm going mm-hmm. through, the turn up is going to be real. You know, like, because <laughs> I want to take my mind off of what's happening at home. Everybody's telling me, relax, relax, relax. Okay, well, I'm about to relax by taking some shots. And so yeah. this felt really familiar to me because I like to kind of push my problems to the side to have a good time as a coping mechanism. Sometimes mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah, this was this <laughs> yeah. felt like home, <laughs> unfortunately. And that's a and and that I, that's a great point because I would have I was I would be the opposite, kind of like how Molly was acting at the beginning. Like I'm so worried about what's going on at home. I don't think I could have turned up or felt, felt guilty. I would probably feel guilty like that. But I was just gonna say, like I. I agree. I, I love this for Molly. I wish I could have experienced something like this myself, like, mm-hmm. you know, being in, in the office. But I, I just had to say I completely connect with what Asia said, because same same thing in my career field. There is only a few of us. And the people that the the few black women that I do work with, that I did work with, we are still friends to this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even yeah. though we're like three, I'm three jobs past, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like working, working with them because it's just like, like you said, it's just, you have, it's like survival really, um, uh, sometimes in the workplace for, for us. So it, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't go unsaid. And I, I love that Molly can do this. I think this is a great fit for her. And it just takes you back to season, was it two, when she was trying to make that decision between yeah. the two firms, you know, mm-hmm. and we were all, you know, kind of rooting for her to go to the black firm. And then she goes and then she started having all those roadblocks. And I was like, Oh God, you know, but I thought <laughs> they did a really good job of calling back to um, the, t- the, the beginning to mm-hmm. show her growth. And I think Molly is getting the most completed storyline in this final season. She's the, the character that is getting the most growth and attention. And I love that for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well said, well said. And um, we get, and some more workplace drama, but this time it's at mm-hmm. Crenshaw's workplace, which Oof. to me looks a little bit like a sweatshop, but we don't have to get into that. <laughs> right. um, we see Issa D. Liar walk into Crenshaw's uh, um, workspace and she's confronted because the people are not happy to see her. Crenshaw clearly has told her, told his people, hey, we don't love the way Issa was, was moving. And so uh, when she shows up, she does bring an olive branch of brownies, not luckily not made with olives. Uh, mm. And she begins to talk to Crenshaw about their miscommunication, as she calls it. Um, she says some things to cause drama. He says some things to cause drama. And he stops her right there and says, well, tell mm-hmm. me what I said. Tell me what I did mm-hmm. that caused so much drama. And this is where we get this very important conversation that I remember we talked about on the first time we saw Crenshaw. We talked mm-hmm. about this because we explored every angle of the, the Issa Crenshaw drama, right? From from Issa's point of view. She was doing what was best to make them some money, right? Like, this is your vision. We need to tone your vision down so that we can please the client. Very simple. But Crenshaw was saying, I don't care about pleasing pleasing the client. I want to be true to my vision. And I said back then that I thought Issa lost sight of the client, like Crenshaw as her, you know, person that she was working with as her partner in this moment because she was trying to secure the bag. And here it is. Four, like five episodes later, clearly mm-hmm. I'm a writer of the show as well. That Krishan yeah. has the same feedback for Issa. She was trying mm-hmm. to secure the bag. So, Mari, what is your initial thoughts about this conversation? Because this is a good yeah, this, one. Yeah, it was such a great conversation and it's just as good on the rewatch. And unlike a conversation later on the episode, I thought that this was very clearly laid out 
as to what the problem was. First off, mm-hmm. Issa not checking in with Krishan way sooner than this was yeah. such a problem. I don't understand how she didn't reach out to him the minute she found out that the show was a success and mm-hmm. apologize. So, um, you know, it's delayed <laughs> reaction, like, uh, <laughs> like Chappelle said, but so Krishan, Krishan clearly says, look at it from my perspective, you know, from my perspective, you were trying to change the vision. You were trying to, um, you know, it, it, he basically says that she's kind of like sold out the, their vision that they worked for together. And he said it so precisely. And then he said, like, I'm mad at you. So yeah, I popped off on social media, but instead of apologizing, you you popped off again. And he's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that, Issa. You can't be mad at me for being mad at you. And um, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was s- such a good point, you know, because even though we were all reading those texts, like, what? Why would he say yeah. that? Like two episodes <laughs> ago, we were like mad pissed at Krenshawn. It's true. Like, she she did not handle i think we even said it then she didn't handle that situation <laughs> great by dming Mm-mm. him like oh that that's great for a thank you um so it was it was very i love that we had this full circle i love that asia is back on to talk yeah. about this <laughs> and we planned that uh one of the only things we Look, I just think we all assumed that Issa would have apologized. Like, okay, you didn't show yes. it on camera, but we have 30-minute episodes. We know she apologized, right? No, she didn't. No. She didn't do anything. Right. She walked yeah. away with the bag and went home and thought, like, oh, well, this Crenshaw oh, situation is it. going away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, how does she not, how did it not cross her mind that there could be an opportunity in the future for her to work with him? Even if it's not anybody else in the community, Crenshaw himself, she could be working with him again. And she was just ready to let that relationship die and think that it would have no effect on anything else. Um, So, yeah, Issa was pretty selfish in the situation because Mm -hmm. even in this conversation, she kept bringing it back to herself. It's like, you're messing with my company, which is Mm -hmm. messing with me. And he's like, he has every right to be upset. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly. And and uh, selfish is exactly the word. Very self centered view. Like mm-hmm. at least they both got their perspectives out there. And I don't, I don't know if it, it landed, but at least they clearly both articulated what the problem was. And mm-hmm. you know, Issa saying like, "I told you, I told you about the dream. I told you I couldn't." Um, be uh driving lift anymore and Crenshaw said yeah and that that was very inspiring but like where what happened like where to go and i also feel like isa still at least if, if we now we can't assume anything because clearly she didn't um say sorry like she <laughs> mm-hmm. never brought up to him that what was going to happen like how that they didn't they didn't want him but but mm-hmm. I, I well i think she did maybe that first episode but he was kind of like if they don't if i they don't want me then i don't want them but mm-hmm. she just kept pushing like no we're trying to make this done and she had in her mind like she said you said you wanted one opportunity you just needed one opportunity to make it mm-hmm. big and and she saw it as she was doing whatever she could to give him that one opportunity but she did not realize that he was not willing to compromise such a big part of his art. And I just think she just did not realize how much all of that entailed. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, And it's kind of, how did Chappelle, how did you feel how that conversation ended too? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately I just felt like they were having two different conversations. Um, Yes. (laughs) it, it, It was like, he was talking about, 
his vision as like, this is me as an artist and this is what I want people to see. And if, if I can't have them see this, then it's not worth me doing. Like, I want to make it big because I have this vision and I think I can shift the community is what he said. Um, whereas she was saying like, okay, but I had this opportunity to get the bag. And I thought we talked about me not driving Lyft no more. And he's like, yes, we were going to make it big, but to shift the community, not to have money. Like if I don't mm-hmm. make any money doing this, that's fine because that's not the goal. And so I feel like they were never on the same page. And so mm-hmm. it just ended up leading to them having to kind of uh, draw the line in the sand and saying like, hey, your brownies weren't hitting no way. You know, didn't yeah. you want them? <laughs> um, and what did that but, shirt say? They say integrity, but it had like integrity. a nine. It, but it, I, it said integrity. Why I don't it know what like the, the integrity. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't peep the font. Like um, the make R. It cute. Like the R looks <laughs> yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. they had to jazz it up a little bit. But it is. It is interesting to me because in the past we've heard people say, "Issa, you use people. Use Lawrence. Mm. Use Andrew." And here it is again, Issa using somebody because Crenshaw correctly points out that the only reason you back is because you need something. You were not yep. going to apologize to me <laughs> until you needed something. I'm like. Five seasons later, and I'm still saying Issa's still doing the same old, yeah. same old shit, same old. Issa makes mistakes, you know. Yeah, yes. and it, and again, it's the again, it's the opposite of Molly. Like Molly is actually out here growing and changing, and we're getting the same old Issa. What is happening? Same old. I mean, yeah. Just, my, my roommate was literally like, "Issa, get on my nerves." She has had the least amount of growth since <laughs> season one. She's doing the same stuff that she yeah. was doing seasons ago. She got mm-hmm. four episodes. How many episodes? Did, no, she got like six or seven episodes to get it back together. So we're gonna wish for six or seven. Is there only I ten think, episodes of season? No, no, no. It's more. Than, it's got to be more than that because this thing don't end until December twenty sixth. I think. Um. So there may be like eleven or twelve episodes. I don't know how many it is. Yeah, I didn't wait, count, what? but I think. I think the last I'm looking week up. is is Christmas. <laughs> like so, just put a pin oh in there. Oh my god! But, that better be yeah. a good. They better not have <laughs> us crying in Christmas, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> Christmas time with uh, with the family. We'll we'll see how it turns out. But let's move forward. Uh, we go back to the barbershop and we have the conversation with Suge. Suge has finally showed up to the barbershop and he's mad at Nathan because barber code is violated. You cannot touch another person's uh, head. Like, you don't get to do that if you're the barber. You have to let that person sit there all day, apparently, and wait for the barber <laughs> to come. Um, and he feels like they're ganging up on him from his point of view. He says, is this a coup? Because they're throwing the, you be eating my food and you be having these opinions and you always got something to say at him. And you he's don't not clean really up the station. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. All of Suge's uh, like flaws are being thrust in front of him and he is like uh, swinging back with his eyes closed. He's just hitting everybody with strays until um, he finally lands on uh, Nathan. Now, I will say this. I think Nathan provoked this a little bit because when they finally got mm-hmm. Suge chilling, he said, okay, good. Now you can shut your whining ass up. Hold on, light skin. Let's talk about it. And so at that point, Suge is like, he's hitting below the belt. He's like, I'm whining. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They're in each other's faces. He's throwing out the words, you crazy. Uh, you need to get some help with your bipolar ass. It's a lot of that going mm-hmm. on. Um, I can't remember the coworker's name, the bouncy one from the beach, but she's like, I got essential oils. Risha here. But she's like, uh, we got some essential oils. Y'all need to calm down. Um, <laughs> lavender. You can, yeah. yeah, you fuck can tell lavender. this is got, just fuck lavender. 
and fuck them kids. But you can tell <laughs> that it has come to like a stand standoff here. Like there is no mm-hmm. middle ground. Uh, Suge ends up canceling the Wu Tang Clan and saying like, okay, I tried to get us all my high high uh you know high profile clientele. Uh, but that's it. I don't care about y'all securing the bag. I'm gonna just think about me from now on. Uh, Mari, what you think? I mean, this is just uh again so annoying even like even me who is not the biggest nathan fan was like dog what Mm -hmm. you are clearly a horrendous person because everybody in that shop is telling you you're a horrendous person and then you have to go and hit below the belt like that and just bring up you know his mental health it's just why why are we doing this and and again this is another thing why i was like all of this over cutting somebody else's head I, again <laughs> i don't know barber culture i do not know it if i if i i don't like a stylist i just hop to the next one so mm. you know i just i did not realize it was it was you know fighting actions oh he also told nathan like nathan was gonna like pay his booth rent like yeah what Huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> like, not at all, sir. So yeah, yeah. Nathan Nathan, you know, did pr- poke the bear, but man, forget him. Like Suge can right. go. Honestly. Yeah. I don't think this is normal. Like I'm sure there's some conflict around you stealing other people's clientele when you are a barber. I don't think it normally escalates to this just because of that. But because Suge was getting attacked from all sides from his point of view, I think that's kind of what stoked the flames. At that point, you just yeah. kind of have to just shoot out into the distance and hope that you hit somebody. Uh, Asia, <laughs> did you have any strong opinions about this? Yeah, it's like, okay, if Nathan had, like, it'd be different if one of Suge's clients booked with Nathan, just like randomly right? right and then Nathan's like yeah I can do it right not you never showed up and you were just <laughs> gonna leave your clients sitting there people have lives to live I just I'm hate when you. people are waiting for people especially when you're just being inconsiderate something uh-huh. happened something happened right communicate it I'm not gonna be able to make it but they're literally spending their day waiting in the barbershop for you and you're nowhere to be found with no explanation. You cannot get mad at somebody for helping you. At least they're going to stay in the shop now, maybe. <laughs> but they could have just left and gone to a different barbershop. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's un- he's ungrateful. Yeah, I hated this guy. I hate Suge, but yeah. you know, we-, we will hope that we don't have to see too much more of him um, mm-hmm. because this was too much. Especially, you don't talk about people's mental health, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Moving on, Molly and Torian are doing their presentation at the retreat, and uh, Molly can't focus once again. She's doing a SWOT analysis, which, I mean, I've done a a billion of those, and honestly, I'd rather be anywhere else, including a hospital. Uh, But that's also where Molly wants to be. Her family situation is, like, just at the front of her mind. And later on that evening, her and Torian have to discuss how Torian's back is hurting from carrying the conversation (laughs) uh, and the presentation. Um, So they end up talking about how even Torian notices that something's off with Molly. You know, he's used to outshining her, but just not this hard, you know? Uh, (laughs) And so that's when she finally confides in her coworker, like, look, my mom had a stroke and I've been going through uh, and she's been doing, going through, you know, through this, this entire time, basically at work by herself, right? She hasn't been able to share this with anybody. And she thought, Hey, like, I just have to carry the brunt of this. But what she finds out later on is that Torian also has dealt with a situation like this as well. Like his, his brother, um, was going through some cancer treatments and 
you know, at that point, he was a wreck. He wasn't even able to focus on his job. So the two kind of um, bond over this situation. And Torian gives her some great advice. He says, work can't matter more than your real life. Um, and I think that is such a powerful message because as Mari said earlier, they will legit step over your body in order to hire the mm-hmm. next person. Um, but this is another good example of like Torian and Molly kind of bonding outside of work. You know, she's able to say away from our desk, I can, I feel comfortable giving you this information and letting you in on my personal life in a way that they haven't, uh, you know, in the past, um, this they even say that this is the first time they've gotten personal to the point where he didn't even think she had a family. So, <laughs> uh, Asia, what did you think about this interaction between Molly and Torian? Oh, I loved it. I mean, and I can't blame Molly because during this the this evening portion, she started to kind of see him in a new light the more she talked to him, and it was just like those subtle things with which you know Natasha uh, said on the uh, wind down that mm-hmm. those were all intentional. Like it was you're supposed to see the wheels turning with Molly with Torian, and I can't blame her honestly. From them at the the club that that first scene we saw in this episode, I was like. Torian's looking kind of good, right? Like, I was like, why, why have I never noticed that he's a handsome guy? Like, uh, but he a had a different... <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why. He's had, he had a different energy about him this episode. And so, like, I loved that they were finally opening up to each other, getting to know each other on a level that they... Molly, honestly, didn't think they could at the office because she didn't realize she could just tell him what's going on and he would be understanding because he was going through the same thing or something very similar with the family situation. Um, During the presentation, I did love Molly's dress. I was like, oh my I was gosh, going into yes. an office. Oh, a baddie. I was trying to yes. figure out, like, who made... Like, I was trying to figure out yes. what it was. I, I was like, it, it looks kind of Ivy Park, but I was like, it I don't does. remember seeing that in the collection, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mari's like, not on only my for, watch. Only for Molly. <laughs> I know. I've just uh, been so th- refraining from talking mm-hmm. all the Telfar stuff I've been noticing it all season, so I'm yeah, sorry. I've seen the bag. Don't, don't mind <laughs> Yes. And I then synced it. I, I didn't understand why her phone was visible enough to be like reading. Like she saw it was a text from Curtis, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, girl, you are giving a presentation. Her phone should have been in her bag. That that was the only reason it was distracting because she literally yeah. could see it. And then the fact that he ended up just texting her about a new Chick-fil-A on Crenshaw. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, because Chick-fil-A's are hard to come by in that part of um, <laughs> LA. So I don't blame him for being excited. But, you know, she should have just had her phone away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mari? Yeah, exactly. Why are you... Mom is in the hospital. Why are you texting me about Chick-fil-A? Because you know <laughs> I'm going to just assume it's something bad. Like, right. why are we Why are we doing this? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought this was so, so, like, amazing because... Well, first off, uh, I did not see the Molly and Torian thing happening. I know Latanya said she saw it. I, yeah. I know some people have been saying it. I was just like, man, I don't down with it. But I thought this was <laughs> a very, very good start to that. However, I'm like, Molly, why didn't you tell anybody that your mother was hospitalized? Like, I mean, I get, again, separating that part of your life from work, but that's like very important, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like that's a reasonable cause. Like, and you don't even have to like really go into it. You just could say that your mother is hospitalized, but I guess it does go to sh- go to show that it must be a part of the culture. If Torian uh, kept his brother's illness a secret, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe they need to probably think about changing that, that work, work 
life culture there. But I was just like, I feel like that's very pertinent information that nobody would hold against you um, in a professional setting, or at least they should not. Um, So I I was really actually shocked at this part that um, Molly hadn't told people. So, um, but this was still, it still made for a good scene where they could connect um, about their similar family issues and really, again, bond outside of work. And I love this. I lo- And uh, the spark and the chemistry pre- pre- between them was very good, very like palpable. And they both played this scene really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great acting in this scene. The next yes. scene, I like to refer to this scene as Condola's Revenge. Because, <laughs> listen, if you thought the internet didn't already hate Condola, if, oh my this, if this scene was real... Uh, this Hilarious. poor woman, she would not. The actress would not know peace because in this <laughs> scene, we see Condola is thanking Issa. She's like, Issa, thank you so much for just giving up <laughs> and just handing Lawrence over to me on a silver platter. And oh, what's this? My new engagement ring? And uh, did you know he got two more inches on his long stroke that you love so much? It's even <laughs> like, I was like, oh my that gosh. And then she hits Issa with the big boot. Bow. Kick the, yeah. yeah. Sweet chin music to the face. Oh, well, or at least to the chest. And uh, down she goes and she tells Issa to own her choices before Issa wakes up from her dream. This was yes. wild. Did you like this one better than the first one, uh, Asia? <laughs> so this one, I didn't realize it was a dream <laughs> until she said that Lawrence makes a billion dollars a month. <laughs> and that was after she said, oh, yeah, like, and we're engaged. the choices you made, we're engaged. I was like, dang, they really flipped the script. What <laughs> episode? getting sucked in. <laughs> then she said he makes a billion dollars a month. I said, oh, this is another dream. They got me again. Um, so I Condola acted her butt off because um, yeah. for, for one I was mm-hmm. sold I was like dang she just got so vindictive um, but yeah if this was real she would have to hide somewhere I think I think that scene is what people you know how you have like a view of what actually happens and then your view of what happens in your mind mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. the view of what everybody's been looking at Condola <laughs> as for two seasons now like every yes. time she's on screen we're like oh I can't stand her she ain't did nothing that woman has did nothing to nobody her and Lawrence had like two arguments in 12 episodes and we're like yeah. oh here come Condoleezza all over again but mm-hmm. in this scene just kind of like nah give them a reason to hate you Mari what you think yeah, so this is like I, I think I saw it on Twitter when somebody was like, uh, this was the release us like condola haters needed for like the yes. whole uh <laughs> series. Like first the the whole baby thing and the first Sparta kick to condola and then the revenge. People were like this this let the steam off of that whole people like hating her. So I thought that was so funny. Condola saying like winners go first. <laughs> like, yeah. like, winners go first. <laughs> she got before right in getting, front of her. <laughs> yeah, before getting kicked and her her purse, beautiful purse, going flying yeah. out of her hand and stuff. But I just um yeah, I I, I like this because I also was not again not expecting it. Uh, I I I wasn't expecting it. I did know it was a dream a lot sooner than Asia. <laughs> I feel gullible at this point. Yeah. You should. <laughs> like, we got a bridge to sell you, Asia. Um, right. 
but I did. I thought this was a great break in in the tension. You know, it, it flowed perfectly from like Molly and and Torian's um scene into this, <laughs> this scene with Issa. Also, just again showing us that Issa's her mind is wandering back uh to Lawrence um. And, and, oh, also, yes, we have to talk about how we skipped, we skipped the, like, the pivotal phrase of this, um, episode is, uh, just look at me scrolling, just really bad. Uh, but yeah, do you think? <laughs> when you make your choice, like, own your choices, you know? Uh-huh. Um, oh, you made your choices, now own, now own them. And mm-hmm. when you look at it from, when you look at it from that lens, Again, the reason why Lawrence and Condola keep popping up is because that was a choice that Issa mm-hmm. made, you know, and again, mm-hmm. I'll come, I'll come, we'll talk about it very soon. But it's like, I thought that was such a great line. Crenshaw said it to her after they, when they were talking, which I was like, dang, he's right. You know, like you made your mm-hmm. choices, own them, own mm-hmm. them. Um, and it, and it pops up again. It pops up again here. And I thought that. This is one of those episodes that Issa needs to like this. You need to see this in, in mm-hmm. order for that growth to happen. And this is hopefully the start of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah. The Crittenshawn thing, even this moment, this is about Issa kind of reflecting on some of the decisions she's made in the last couple of years, you know, whether it's been in business or, you know, even with Lawrence. And while you can quibble with her decisions, you know, whether she made the right choice or not, you do have to own them in the end. You know, she made that decision mm-hmm. about Crittenshawn to secure the bag and it didn't work out. The bag was secured, but at what cost? Right. And so it's not a matter yeah. of like, who do you blame for this? It's a matter of, you know, you did it. Now, mm-hmm. carry that with you and move forward and, you know, make better decisions or different decisions when you have the opportunity. Um, I think this is our, what, our, we have like two scenes left. So we get our last update from Molly, uh, who has finally talked to her brother, Curtis. And, you know, good news. Her mom is awake, which, you know, I was surprised to see, but I'm sure Mari already knew because she watched the preview <laughs> a billion times. Um, but she's still no. not speaking. She's getting better. She's been, um, like, they're just taking some time. And Molly, of course, is ready to leave. And, oh, I can come home. I can come home earlier. And again, mm-hmm. everyone's telling her, just chill. Take care of yourself. Be in the moment because there's literally nothing you can do here. Um, and so as she gets off the phone with Curtis, she lets out a sigh of relief. But that sigh is interrupted by the sounds of Torian knocking at her door. Now, when she opens the door, she completely just falls apart. Like she embraces Torian. She's so happy. She just hasn't been able to tell anybody the good news about her mom. And the two are sharing a moment. And for a second, for a <laughs> second, I thought Molly was about to mess this up. Because unlike mm. Latanya. I did not call Molly and Torian, and I rebuke it. I repudiate <laughs> and condemn all actions that have the two of them involved because no, I don't no. like that. Because here's the thing, Molly, you are so close to growing and being this new Molly. And if mm. you start sleeping with a man at your job that was there before you and you're a newbie, that just sounds like you're looking for mess. We've talked mm. about this before. Like, you have the opportunity to date anybody. You do not have to date the lawyer you were in competition with all the time. Like, even if it was another new lawyer, maybe you would have similar footing, but you're going to try to go get in bed with somebody potentially that you almost have to answer to at work, you know, that you've been trying Mm -hmm. to get on the same level as. And I just think that's a horrible idea. So to see them in that moment, be able to step away from each other, 
it was me who was letting out a sigh of relief because I just <laughs> knew Molly was about to screw this up. Uh, but it was hella funny regardless. Asia, um, did you have any thoughts about uh, the coffee mug and the moment? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I loved the awkwardness of it. I like of, you know, it's clear that like Natasha pointed it out of she's like, when you have a crush on someone, someone, you just want to keep the conversation going. So when mm-hmm. Torian was like, my mom had a mug. <laughs> it's like, it hilarious because he had nothing else to add to the mug conversation, but he's like, okay, I just want to talk again. So that's the only thing that like, I was glad they didn't kiss in that moment Yeah, because I felt like that would have been rushing things. But mm-hmm. if they are able to take it at an appropriate pace, I think that this could be something that could be really good for Molly because it's something that's different than all of her past relationships mm-hmm. where she, you know, she hooks up with them very shortly after they start dating or after she meets them. Like that's, that's been her goal in the past. Mm-hmm. Whereas now if Torian is able to, you know, court her in a sense, mm-hmm. show her something different, show her something that she's not used to, then this could be the healthy relationship that Molly has needed um, in, in, in what she's been looking for in terms of relationships. Uh, so I, I will be glad that they're together if it goes down that path. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, you know, in a couple episodes, we just see them like randomly hook up. Then I'm like, no, you need to just leave it behind. Cause that, that's like, naturally it's going to get messy. Yeah. But I think if they can have a healthy situation um, and getting to know each other organically, not rushing the intimacy, then mm-hmm. I think it could be really good for them. They can figure out the work stuff after they figure out what it is between them. Yeah, right. for me, Perfect. The optics are really bad though. You know, like if you go yeah. out on a like, no, just just for this moment, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and I agree. Like mm-hmm. you take it, you take your time, get to know somebody, and then you know it doesn't matter that you work with them. But on the company retreat. You get drunk, you you know, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. And then the next day you're all emotional and you do something reactionary, like, you know, hook up with your coworker who your senior coworker, you know, in a way. Um, Then, yeah, I just think the optics are really bad. And like, you don't want to be the person who's like, okay, we can't take Molly nowhere because she's going to hop in the sack on on the job, you know, because it's a retreat, but it's a work retreat, you know? So it's like, there Mm -hmm. is a line and, uh, and you want to be careful not to cross that line. And the same thing goes for Torian. He's no, he's no different, right? There's a power structure that, you know, as a male and as a male coworker who was there first, you don't cross that line either, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to jeopardize what you have going on by, you know, potentially putting yourself in a way in a situation where it looks like the power dynamic was skewed and you were using mm-hmm. it as your, uh, you know, to your advantage. So for me, this is a no go. Uh, Mari, what you think? Yeah, I mean, you, you're very doom and gloom because it didn't happen there. Like, like Asia said, mm-hmm. it was it was very appropriate that nothing happened at the retreat. So that's that's way better um, than anything. So if if it's a slow build, if it's like, you know if nothing comes of it, at least Molly has changed enough so that she mm-hmm. didn't just emotionally mm-hmm. hop in the sack with him. Especially since honestly, when we first got the um, scene of all of them at the retreat, 
I thought something was going to happen between her and BJ. I was afraid yeah. when I saw that little dude there. Like, that's what I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so the fact that she walked away from this retreat not sleeping with anybody, like, we got to give her a win. Like, that, like yes. it's the small baby steps. <laughs> like, it is. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm proud of Molly. I was so happy. What I'm saying is I disagree with Latanya. <laughs> I disagree with Latanya and Sasha. I know Sasha's listening. I think she called that, too. Um, mm-hmm. But I was happy to find out that at least on this trip, nothing there. Maybe in the future, but yeah. we'll have to see. Um, the last scene, Issa and Nathan are back together and they are mm-hmm. talking about their day. They talk about, um, you know, Issa talks about Molly's mom waking up and how she spotted this coyote that apparently is on a leash somewhere. And <laughs> Nathan's seen it, the coyote. Now Molly's seen it. People just keeping coyotes as a pet in LA is a thing. Um, and they're, the two are talking about that, but... Nathan ends up talking about his work stuff, you know, um, and he says, you know, there's some drama at the barbershop and I'm not sure that staying in L.A. for the barbershop was a good idea. I'm not even sure, you know, L.A. is the right fit for me. And it's at this point where Issa can't take it no more. She's just like, (laughs) oh, really? So L.A. ain't not the right fit for you. So I'm not the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. And boom, they're in the argument that. I feel like they should have been had this conversation, but um, she's just kind of like, I told you I love you and you ain't say nothing. And now you're like, I want to leave again. And what's that about? Um, and Nathan goes on the defensive and the two are going back and forth. He calls her inconsistent. She is very offended by that, but I'm pretty sure we outlined that on the last podcast that the things that she's doing is kind of erratic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, Mari, we talked about it last time. <laughs> Issa went from taking it slow to hopping in the bed to to I love you all in the course of one episode. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree with Issa or Nathan in this moment? Who was right and who was wrong? No, that's not the question. The question is, that is who the do you question. want me to read? Who, who do you right? want me to read first? Who do you want me to read first? Drag that's them both, the, Mari. That's drag the them correct both. answer. Yeah, drag, so, drag them both. I, I'm gonna start with Nathan just because I think uh Issa was slightly kind of more in the wrong here. Yeah, I don't know, it's hard. But so how do you expect her to feel? Like uh in this situation, Nathan really comes in here. He he is trying to get he he is trying to open up to her. I've complained several times that I feel like he did not open up to her um a- enough. But then she starts talking about, well, you know, valid questions like, you know, I told you I love you you know, so you're just going to move out of LA. You're going to leave again. Like, and and it's kind of detrimental to her. Like LA might not be the right fit to me for me, but you're talking to me. I am LA. So you're, I see why she was like, so you want to break up? Like, it's, it's weird. Mm. Like, how do you expect her to, t- to take that? Because you're, you're basically telling her she's not worth staying in LA for. Like, that is literally what you're saying. Yeah. And then to go on the defensive in arguments never works because then we're not really ta- talking it out. We're just, they're throwing shots at each other. It's literally them just throwing shots. And this is why I was saying this argument is way worse than the Issa and Crenshaw <laughs> argument, because at least with the Issa and Crenshaw argument, they were trying to give their, their own perspectives in a way that the other one could understand. This one felt like they were trying to just like one up each other and, and, and well, you did this. No, I did this. Well, you did that, you know? And, 
you know, he had some good points. Like Chappelle said, Issa being inconsistent, her not knowing what she wanted, her making his situation about herself, like very going on the defensive attack mode, which just does not help the situation. Now, Issa, on the other hand, (laughs) give me a second. Like, girl, what? Like you didn't, like he said, you didn't even ask him what it was. You didn't even say like, oh, you know what? What was it, babe? What what happened? Oh my God. Like what you expect guys to do when you talk about your, your work day. (laughs) She just immediately jumped to, oh, okay. So I'm just chopped liver. Like you're going to leave LA. I told you I loved you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Fuck my dad, right? But like, (laughs) so, so she's like, so, so she says, so I told you I loved you and you have not uh said it back. Issa, this is not the time. <laughs> you should have said that at the beginning of the episode. Like, this is not the time to be doing this. Like, read the room, girl. Like, <laughs> I just cannot understand her, her thought process right here, bringing this up. But again, she was probably triggered by him trying to leave again. And she's like, I committed to this relationship, um, but it seems like you have not. And then on top of that, again, she's talking about how she made a choice to be with Nathan because Lawrence and Condola are still on her mind. You know, this is, (laughs) this has to be because of Lawrence and Condola. Mm -hmm. And this fight was just so bad. I mean, so bad. And then for them to just end up like, um, oh, let's just like, forget about it. Sitting on that couch. (laughs) Looking let's lonely. Just drop it. Yeah, let's just, let's just drop, drop it. Let's just drop it. Girl, can we talk about how we just said <laughs> that there was absolutely no growth in this episode and we are <laughs> sitting here on another bouch, not talking about our feelings? Um, hello, season one. Okay, I'm sorry. Asia, what did you think? <laughs> yes. it, so it's like you mentioned uh, earlier, Chappelle, with Crenshaw and Issa. Issa was Issa and Nathan were having two different conversations at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they are never going to be on the same page until mm-hmm. they learn how to communicate mm. period and learn how to communicate with each other because I was not with Issa leading up into this scene with her constantly trying to get him to say that he loved her. <laughs> but then in this scene, it's like, okay, yeah, I would probably be taken off guard too. If you know, if my significant other wanted to just be like, no, this city ain't for me. Houston's not. He, there's nothing for me in Houston, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. nothing here. I have to nothing my here. There's <laughs> nothing <laughs> appealing about this city at all. In Nobody that I would like to hang right? out with. In front of my salad. In front of my salad. <laughs> it's like, it's, there's nothing here. So Issa, okay, she has every right to be mad in the situation, right? But then for Nathan to just be like, you try, you always trying to call me out for something. Why not acknowledge what we're talking about? Let's okay. We can move on to that conversation about what is troubling. With of course, Issa didn't have that in her mind to Mm-mm. to say let's shift. But it's like let's address that. I did. He it's he's acting like he's trying to make it seem like he didn't even hear her say it. He just I'm gonna just I'm like, what? Why are you trying to call me out for something? Let's watch this movie. What? I'm mm-hmm. trying to have a serious conversation with you. And then when he realized she continues to press, he wants to shift and be like, Well, you didn't ask what was go- wrong with me. Oh, mm-hmm. so is that why you you didn't that wasn't a response? Mm-hmm. Like you didn't like he's acting like she didn't appropriately respond because of what like it's just this so twisted. Mm-hmm. Their communication style with one another. And then mm-hmm. he finally calls her out, right? 
And then she wants to drop it. She doesn't want to address it. She doesn't want to uh-huh. talk about it. It's like, y'all can actually talk about all these things. Yeah. Just pick, pick one thing first and get with it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if he doesn't talk about the I love you, let's talk about this. Let's talk about him thinking that Issa is all over the place. Issa should be like, okay, let's acknowledge that. Now let's go back to me saying I love you and you not saying anything. <laughs> like, what did you hear me? Did that register? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, you heard it. Okay. You just don't want to acknowledge it. Got it. Mm-hmm. They just, they suck at communicating. <laughs> and like suck. literally the title of this episode, tired. Okay. Yes, we, we all are. are. <laughs> in this relationship. How do you think and we feel? exactly imagine how tired we are of it and it's like we and i know i had a different tune about Issa and nathan this last last time i was on i was for them if they could stick it out because it seemed like they're on the same page for a split second for a moment Mm -hmm. in time they seem like their paths were aligned but no (laughs) they can't communicate and so it's never going to work so they need to just go ahead and hang it up before some, one of them is going to genuinely hurt the other's feelings and we're going to yeah. have to recover from that. So just just cut it off so y'all can remain friends if that's what y'all want to do. Mm. But this right here is not working. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think in when we came into this conversation, I was thinking like they both did ass wrong and I just wanted Mari to yes. pick a side to be funny. Comma, <laughs> 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 but. Listening to y'all, I'm kind of, and I've never been Team Nathan, but I'm kind of Team Nathan on this side because I feel like if Issa had broached this subject about the, like, you said, like I said, I love you and you didn't say it back, you know, when they be laying around talking about coyotes and stuff like that, that's the <laughs> opportunity to have that conversation. And now here he is having a conversation that means a lot to him. And you like, but let's talk about this thing they want to talk. I wanted to talk about five days ago. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hold on. <laughs> like, Not a good look. where is that coming from? You ain't even asked about the whole reason why I started the conversation in the first place. And then Asia, you brought up the, oh no, I think it was Mari again. She brought up the commitment conversation. Um, Issa made a choice to commit to Nathan mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. lieu of committing to, to Lawrence, right? It yeah. wasn't like, mm-hmm. I'm going to commit to me. She always thought like, <laughs> the Nathan thing can probably still work out. So now that she's seeing Lawrence there, she's like, fool, I picked you. I picked yep. you. And you talk about LA not good enough for you. Like, N-word, where are you going? Are you supposed to be here with me? I picked you. And, you know, and he's like, what are you talking about? He doesn't know Lawrence is back. He doesn't know yeah. there was this binary decision where it was either going to be like, you know, do I stick it out with Lawrence or do I possibly pursue other avenues with potentially Nathan if that comes up? And so yeah. he's never looked at it like I had to commit to Issa as opposed to committing to LA. It was always mm-hmm. me and Issa are going to see what this is. I don't think he could have foreseen in the course of what a week, maybe, because this was uh, literally like the Molly's mom is still in the hospital. She just went to the retreat, you know, like this yeah. hasn't been a month. So within a week mm-hmm. to a month, Issa has decided that no, we're not taking this low no more. I'm in love with you, and you need to be saying it back, or you need to be explaining to me why you're not in love with me too. Um, you know, so. Like I said, I went into it and I've never loved Nathan, but I do think he kind of has the edge for me in this conversation. <laughs> He's really missing the mark. He, I think he would have maintained the edge if he hadn't just started throwing daggers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the one of his first comments was, "You always trying to call me out for something," and she said, "Well, you always trying to avoid stuff." <laughs> it's just like, wait, where, where did that come from? And then well, during his his diatribe about talking about like, um. 
uh, how in condition she, she was. He said, one week you're crying in my mouth. Then <laughs> the next week, <laughs> um, you know, you want to take it slow. And, and, and he said, so you don't even know what you want. But then again, we said it, uh, two weeks ago. I'm like, if you know this girl is crying in your mouth and she's <laughs> clearly not over the last dude, why would you even want to put yourself in this situation? And then let's also remember that he was the one who said boyfriend to her mom. Yeah. You know, which then prompted the I love you, which is like, it is just. She's like, boyfriend, I'm in love. Like, no, Lisa, slow down. Also, take that back, Nathan. Stop it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to blame him for the I love you. Like, she's still got to hold that L on that (laughs) for saying that first. But it was just like, they're both inconsistent. Like I said, they're both flighty people. Like, Like, they're flighty people who cannot talk to each other and we've known that that their communication has been bad since the first time they met and he yes. ghosted her so yes. like they cannot uh, communicate and and Issa cannot she has to be realizing that she's going down that same path um that her and Lawrence did if she does not communicate um her feelings uh effectively to him yeah, yeah. He Nathan literally said the one line that is so annoying. He was like, you know how I feel about you. Nathan, oh, no, I yes. do not. You have not <laughs> verbally explained how you feel about Issa. Issa is not heard. All she's heard is all these different things. Oh, yeah, you come over. Oh, you make breakfast. Oh, you tell her mom. Yes, you you call yourself your boy, her bo- boyfriend. But it's like, so he thinks he's showing it through his actions about how he feels about her. But she's thinking... His actions are showing that he loves me. And so she's like, why is he not saying it? When he's like, if he You're doesn't feel that me, way. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right? He needs to explain it. But all he wants to rely on is, you know how I feel about you. She should have said, no, I don't. The dialogue for this fight was really yeah. good. All of it was just one line. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I, I will personalize this a little bit. And then we're going to move on and wrap this up. I, I mm. do feel like. Like, I feel like I'm a good communicator in which once I say something, I said it, it's out there in the world. There it is. Like, and so like a week later, don't come at me sideways about something because I already said what I said. Um, and then at that point, I might be willing to like disappear on your ass. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a flighty person, but I do like to say the words. I feel like if you don't say the words, then you can't be held accountable. Like your actions are not enough. You have to say the mm-hmm. words because once you mm-hmm. say it, then I can call you a liar and I don't deal with liars. <laughs> and so, you know, so that's kind of where I stand. So yeah, I, these are two people who I've always said ain't got no business together. I mean, thinking yeah. back at even this whirlwind romance started off with a fight in an Uber led to skinny dipping in uh, a <laughs> oh backyard, God, led to sex on a Ferris wheel. And there, and then two seasons later, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. L- like, make it make sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, th- not to mention she broke into his house to hack his computer. Like, there's been a lot going on oh, in this God. relationship right here. He ghosted her um, to where I'm like, I have n- no faith in this. I wanted to burn it with fire. Um, but... To close, I will say, I don't want Issa anywhere near Lawrence. Um, my king, <laughs> king, protect yourself. Don't drop your crown, King. We're almost out of here. We got like five minutes, four episodes left. Let's get out of here live. We have four. I, I looked it up. Four. We have four episodes. It's gotcha. ten. Okay, and it's ten on the dot. It, yeah, it's ten on the dot. Like all the other things. I don't know where you thought yeah. about twelve. Right? I, I, I but, figured by um, the time we got to Christmas, we was on episode twenty-five. You know, <laughs> Christmas like, is only a month away, on. sir. Listen, this is don't remind me. Six. Don't remind me. Happy Hanukkah um, to all who who who, 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 who celebrate. Who celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but it's looking closer and closer to my Issa ends up alone. Molly uh, ends yeah. up in a functional relationship. Let's do okay. it. You did say that. Let's pray on it, you are. So, yeah. And I think that wraps up the episode. Um, it was a lot. It was fun. We had a great time. Um, of course, before we end, I always have to do my little music highlight. I don't think it's any secret who I'm going to highlight this time, but you know, <laughs> some of the, some of the, uh, songs on the list, uh, Mad, Mad Bitches by Michaela Janae, uh, 5100s, which I love that title by Akeem and <laughs> Deli and, uh, Jorge Amadeus, Coconut Oil by Kirby, Get Money by Butch Dawson, Fubu by Ombre. Uh, and then like that bitch by Flo Millie. Um, <laughs> in my mind, Flo Millie is like my little cousin. She's from Alabama. Mm. She is a ratchet. She can flow Love with the Flo best Millie. of them. She be rapping. Okay. Flo Millie talks so much noise. I just. I love it. Her, her, her album, which came out in 2019, uh, Ho, Why Is You Here? <laughs> I mean, if you don't know Flo Millie, check it out. I can't even talk long enough about how great Flo Millie is. I mean, every song visuals. I mean, mm, she got like a visuals. money do-rag on. There's like a train that's a dress at the same time. Like, Flo Millie's <laughs> out here doing the things that need to be done. Uh, she has a song called Week. Get into it. Um, you 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 just... Flo Millie is everything. So check out Flo Millie. I cannot highlight her enough. Um, and in January... Uh, I believe this year she released her most recent single, which was Roaring Twenties, which was cool. But I'm telling you, if you like Big Lotto, if you like some of the other rap girls, give Flo Millie a chance because she's doing the things that the girls need to be doing. And I love to see that she's here on the Insecure soundtrack. And so that ends the music corner for the week. Uh, again, check this out on Spotify. Check out the playlist on Apple Music. Wherever you get your music, the Insecure podcast will be there. And check out some of these artists because they are doing what needs to be done. And I love to see it every week. Um, yeah, Asia. and we we have a five star oh. review before Wait I, I want to oh. just introduce. It was from last yeah. week, and I forgot to uh, play it, but it's from our very own Brian Scally. Yes, uh, he says securely my go to podcast. Um, Insecure has been one of my all time favorite binges, and I'm so excited to have three great podcasters talk about it, so I can feel validated in standing. Kelly. Um, yeah, you know, Scally, Scally binged. Um, so shout out to Scally. Thank you so much for that five star review. Please uh, leave us rate, review, and subscribe. Post show recaps. Insecure. Sorry, should probably get into that. Yes. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. Any feedback that we get, we'll try to read it. I actually think we got some feedback a while ago and I didn't even read it. So uh, apologies oh, to whoever that was, but we'll have to go and find that before the end of the uh, the season. Um, but yeah, Brian Scally, king of the correct opinions and voice of the correct mm. people with the correct opinions. Um, but yeah, uh, that was great. Asia, again, thank you for coming back. I mean, it's like Latanya left us and we just like, me and Mario just out here like chickens with our hair cut off looking for <laughs> the perfect guest <laughs> to lead us to the promised land. And Asia, you are great as usual. Can you tell us you, where people you. can find you, where other people can listen to you at? Tell us all about you, Asia. Yeah, so I do want to shout out Sasha last week. I listened to y'all on my way to Dallas for Thanksgiving. It just felt like I was catching up on the episode with some friends. So great job to Sasha. Um, thank you for having me on. And I really look forward to Latanya coming back because I've missed her takes. So I'm very mm -hmm. excited uh, when she can come back on. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Asia Like Asia, A-Y-S-H-A Like A-S-I-A. Um, if you are a patron of Rob has a podcast, I joined Rob on the survivor Q and a last week. Um, had a blast talking to patrons. 
Um, so go check that out. And then, yeah, we just wrapped up uh, Married at First Sight season 13. Uh, we have Jason Reed with us this week. Um, oh, you can uh-huh. find that uh, on reality TV wrap ups. Um, and we also have our own Married at First Sight feed. Uh, so that's Rob has a website.com slash MAFS feed. Uh, that episode should be coming out later this week. Um, but yeah, we talk about the second part of the reunion and the where are they now special. So go check that out. So you don't have to watch four hours of content yourself if you haven't watched it already um but yeah that's all i have going on for now the new season married at first sight starts in january so i'll be back on the uh on the rhap side of things um starting january but uh yeah for now i'll just be hopping around playing some goose uh goose goose duck mm-hmm. or duck duck goose goose, no, goose, goose duck, duck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah some goose goose duck with the uh the all the rhap podcasters so check me out there all right. Yes. And in Asia, we have, like Mari said, four more episodes left. So we might yes. have to call you back for, uh, <laughs> you know, for a re-up one more time. Um, Mari, friend, partner, mm-hmm. what's up? Mm-hmm. What you up to? What, what you got going on? Where can the people find you? Um, well, you can always find me at Mari Talks Too Much. That's two, like the number two on Twitter. If I have any updates of stuff that I'm doing, you'll always find it posted there. Course, I'm here every Monday with you, Chappelle. Um, but you know, normally I'm doing the wrestling rehab, but we are on hiatus. We are on hiatus right now until the new year. So uh we gotta take our breaks when we can, people. <laughs> it is the holiday season. I know nobody is clamoring for it, but <laughs> we are just <laughs> we here. Oh no, who I'm soothing, like, oh my god, so sorry. But uh the wrestling rehab up uh will uh come back in twenty twenty-two. Um, so I'll, I'll just be here chilling. Catch me here every Monday with Chappelle talking insecure mm-hmm. for the next four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like forever. Yeah. Listen, even the fact that 2021 is almost over and we're coming up on 2022, time is just, it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. So excuse me for screwing that all up. But yeah, mm-hmm. check out Mari and Asia wherever they are because these two people are amazing. I try to listen to everything that are on. Especially when Jason Reed is on Married at First Sight podcast. With yeah, I'm always oh checking gosh. that out because Jason is amazing in and of himself. I have to check and see if Jason listens or watches Insecure because he hasn't weighed yes, in. Should. Yeah, but um, oh, no. if you're, yeah, if you're looking for being outnumbered. <laughs> Right, not for yeah, next yeah. week's episode. Let's, yeah, not let's the, bring in the boys. Bring in Jason no, and Bryce. We're going to jump over episode. We're going to jump, Mari. Um, but yes, uh, if you want more Chappelle content, I'm a little, I'm everywhere these days, but uh, I'm trying to take it slow right now. I'm still covering uh, Never Have I Ever with Sasha, our guest from last week on Silent Podcast. It's always a good time. We're doing season two. We're almost done. We should be done with it before Christmas. So that would be great. Um, and then we're going to take a break until they announce season three. I'm also on post show recaps talking about The Walking Dead, World Beyond, and Fear the Walking Dead. There are two more episodes of that. Actually, there's only one more episode of that, um, but two more episodes of the podcast until that show is over for the time being. Uh, and so I'll get a good break from that as well. Rob Sestanino and I are still on Rob Has a Podcast talking about ne- um, on our podcast, Nothing But Netflix, where this week we did talk about um was it sexy beast and that was a good time Um, (laughs) so check that out because that was a wild ride but we had one of the best guests ever jenny autumn came on and she's always a good time so uh if you have not already subscribed to nothing but netflix 
Um, follow nothing but RHAP on Twitter if you want the updates and give us suggestions about what we should cover in the future. Every week we're going to try to cover something hot on Netflix, something original to Netflix. Or is this something that uh, we like to talk about that comes on Netflix? And so uh, I believe Asia and I have some negotiating to do about maybe <laughs> some selling sunset or something yeah. in the future. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so check that out and check me out wherever. You can follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L-S underscore show where I'm tweeting out these podcast links and making inappropriate jokes and outrageous <laughs> remarks at football um, at all times. Uh, Mari mm. as well. We, we If you don't see mm-hmm. us yelling about football, you're not following us. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so that about wraps up everything um, for Mari and Asia. We had such a great time. Uh, but until next week, uh, we will see y'all later. Bye.